Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program. Let's get started. You are listening to the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. It is Thursday. It is the 14th day of October 2021. The statistical peak of the Atlantic hurricane season has passed. And with approaching cold fronts, as they're calling them, they're actually cool fronts by the time they reach the New Orleans area, it looks like the Gulf of Mexico may be shut down for hurricane production this year. This is great news for those who live in the hurricane-ravaged areas of South Louisiana, and it makes me wonder one or two things. Number one, has America lost its way from a morality and a help-each-other-out standpoint? And number two, where the hell is the federal government's support for those in the hurricane-ravaged areas of South Louisiana? Let's go to number two first because the Biden administration is a giant representation of number two in the crap sense of the word. After Katrina, even though at the time we had a president of one party and a governor of another party, billions upon billions of dollars in relief aid from the federal government and its agency partners and nonprofit organizations poured into the hurricane-ravaged city of New Orleans. What you may not know, what you may not realize is Hurricane Katrina was nowhere near the violent storm that Hurricane Ida was just a little over a month and a half ago. Yes, you saw the devastating pictures of African American 13% hyphenated minorities floating on air mattresses and inner tubes down the streets of the city of New Orleans, but that flooding was not necessarily the fault of that small hurricane. It was indeed the fault of the local and state governments and of the Army Corps of Engineers for not shoring up the levees which failed. Katrina was not a severe windstorm. Katrina did not pack a 15 to 20 foot storm surge as it came ashore near New Orleans. All of that death, destruction, devastation surrounding Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans had to do with the failure of the levee protection system due to decades of neglect, decades of money that was supposed to be used to maintain, bolster, shore up, and improve the levee system, but was instead diverted politically to build, oh, I don't know, tennis courts on the wrong side of the levee, to build marinas to attract casino gambling boats to the wrong side of the levee. That's not a racist statement. When I say wrong side of the levee, I'm not referring to the wrong side of the railroad tracks. The good side of any levee, of course, is the dry land on the opposite side of the waterway that the levee is designed to keep out. You have the lake side or the river side of a levee. That's the bad side. Then you have the residential and commercial business side, you know, where people live and work where commerce occurs, on the good side of a levee. For decades, the New Orleans levee boards, the Jefferson Parish levee boards, all of these appointed commissions and boards 
spent money that should have been going to piling dirt and grass onto these man-made earthen dams. Instead, they built police forces and tennis courts and parks and playgrounds and a couple of marinas to house gambling boats. You can't call them gambling boats because gambling is illegal in Louisiana. I'm sorry, gaming boats. The late four-term Governor Edwin Edwards said, yes, I know that it is illegal to have gambling in the state of Louisiana. We're going to allow these riverboat gaming boats to come in with casino-type gaming action, slot machine, roulette wheels, card games, and the like. We're just not going to call it gambling, and that's how we get around the law. And much is the entire history of the state of Louisiana when it comes to politics. If something is illegal, you just call it something else and keep doing it because the something else you renamed it to is not illegal. The activity is still the same, but the name is different. So in the eyes of Democrat politicians, such as Edwin Edwards, it is okay to violate the law as long as you just change the name. Now, why am I bringing that up this morning? Well, because as I said, billions and billions of dollars of federal aid was sent down to New Orleans because after all, New Orleans is a Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minority controlled city. You have to pander to those who keep voting D for Democrat. Otherwise, that's the support mechanism behind the Democrat machine. Give, 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 continue to pour out federal dollars to people who don't work or pay taxes as a block, and you keep them voting you into office with your cushy high-paid government position and all of the perks and back pocket benefits that come along with it. Hurricane Ida was indeed a Category 4 and possibly a Category 5 major hurricane. It pushed 10 to 20 feet of storm surge. I've seen it firsthand in some of the flooded properties that I've inspected with water and storm debris washed onto the second floor of some of these homes. I've seen it firsthand. The winds, we know, were at least Category 4 strength, and according to some accounts, which have not been verified by the National Weather Service, as high as 200 mile per hour gusts were recorded down near Grand Isle, Louisiana, the last inhabited barrier island in the state. I've seen the devastation along Grand Isle in Lafouche Parish, Terrebonne Parish, Plaquemines Parish, St. Bernard Parish, St. Charles Parish, those coastal communities where houses were completely blown off or washed off of their foundations by Ida's fury. And yet this morning, the relief efforts say that only $300 million have been donated to help those people who are less fortunate down in South Louisiana. And the federal aid under the Joe Biden administration is coming even slower than it did when they were saying George W. Bush was doing a poor job of managing the Katrina debacle. Heck of a job there, Brownie, is what George Bush said. Joe Biden woke up and said, wait, what? There was a hurricane? I got an aunt, Ida, I think. Or maybe that was someone on the campaign trail. He doesn't know. He is incapable of knowing. And with people like Mayorkas running the FEMA through the Department of Homeland Security, if you like the way they're handling the southern border crisis, you'll love the way they handle your Hurricane Ida. 
That's our new motto for the Biden administration's piss-poor response to Hurricane Ida. We are now, what, six weeks after the storm? A little over six weeks? And those blue tarps that were promised by the Biden administration still have not all been installed? They could have mobilized an entire force of people to go down and immediately tarp those houses. They could have done what the Bush administration did and commandeered, ordered, bought, shipped tens of thousands of travel trailers down to South Louisiana. There are families with small children living in makeshift tents in their front yards, ravaged by the heat, the humidity, the mosquitoes, the snakes. Their houses are utterly, literally, completely destroyed. And people in the year 2021 are living in the heat and the mosquitoes in makeshift tents, while the Biden administration goes to lavish parties with champagne and caviar. Well, of course, Joe Biden doesn't go, because after all, milk and cookies time for him is usually around two in the afternoon, and you don't see him till the next morning. I'm sure his wife, Dr. Jill Biden, makes damn sure he's heavily medicated every morning so that she can hope he'll make some coherent commentary on some subject, and then put him down for his nap and let the puppet masters run the show. That's number two. Let's get back to number one, shall we? Where's the compassion, the care of the people of the United States of America? Or in this them versus us, us versus them mentality, everyone is holding on to everything they've gathered. They're keeping everything they can because they know that economic devastation is not only on the way, it is underway. Gasoline prices hit a seven-year high under the Biden administration yesterday, according to AAA and GasBuddy.com. These organizations track gasoline prices across the nation. Parts of California are seeing $5.24 per gallon gasoline prices for unleaded, 6 and $7 a gallon for diesel fuel. And all the Biden administration can do is call the people that they do side business with over at OPEC in those Middle Eastern nations and beg them to increase production. Those guys pull the towels back from their heads, take off their sunglasses and smile and say, no, we are good. We will keep doing what we are doing. The Biden administration is completely lost, completely out of control, my friends. The people of the United States of America whether they choose to admit it or not, are truly scared. They're truly concerned that we are headed towards a major, major bout of inflation, followed by massive unemployment, record high interest rates are on the way, and the supply chain that has been devastated under the Biden administration with the Democrat lockdowns, shutdowns, telling people stay home, don't go to your jobs, don't go to school, had one major effect on the petroleum industry. It forced, in addition to, well, let me go back to that part. It forced tens of thousands of refineries to stop production. They can't keep producing and producing and producing gasoline and diesel if there's nowhere to put it. The storage tanks are filled to their capacities. 
because no one was buying gasoline or diesel. They were told to stay home by the Biden administration, by the likes of Dr. Anthony Fucci. Stay home, don't drive your cars anywhere. Wear a mask, even if you're alone in your car, only for an essential trip to the grocery store, whose shelves are empty and whose prices have gone through the roof. Stay home, don't burn evil fossil fuel in your car. And so, the petroleum industry did what it had to do. It stopped producing gasoline and diesel, and it sent all of those workers home so they could collect unemployment and enhanced federal benefits. Then suddenly, when they were told, oh crap, you guys have screwed the pooch. No one's buying anything, no one's going anywhere. We have to open this economy, Mr. Biden. He says, okay, oh, oh, oh okay, okay, open the, open the economy, open up. Let's let everybody go back, but don't, don't forget to get vaccinated and, and wear masks, or two or four, whatever they want you to wear now. So people started getting back on the road and immediately the gasoline and diesel supply began to run low. But all the refineries were shut down. If you've ever worked in, around, or near a refinery, you know it just doesn't happen overnight. You can't wave a magic wand and then suddenly be producing again. Production of gasoline and diesel is a slow, arduous, tedious, time-consuming process. And by process, I mean you have to first get the crude oil to your facility. And that's hard to do when most of your dock workers were laid off. They have to come back. Then you have to bring those ships into the ports. And then you have to take the crude oil off of the ships. Then it has to be transported to the refinery. And let's see, that can be done by truck, but we have a severe truck driver shortage and massive federal restrictions on what kind of trucks you can drive, how long you can drive them, who's allowed to drive them, etc. Or you can ship it via a pipeline, you know, an evil pipeline that Joe Biden says, oh, pipelines are bad. Let's shut down the Keystone Energy pipeline. But it's okay if Russia and Germany build new pipeline. That's okay. We won't sanction Germany for doing business with Russia. And Germany is smart to forge a business relationship with Russia. I hate to say it. Under Donald Trump, Russia was not doing very well. Under Biden, they're flourishing. They're thriving. They're becoming a superpower again while we fall into further decline as a nation. Yes, Mr. Biden, you can't just flip on a switch and suddenly be producing gasoline. It is a time-consuming process that involves many, many layers of production of specific elements out of that petroleum. And then you have to have truck drivers to take that fuel from the refinery to the petroleum station, the gas station, the filling station, as you call it. It's a process, Mr. President. And until that process catches up, and until the government stops paying more to stay home than it does for those truck drivers to go to work, for those gas station workers to go to work, for those refinery workers to go to work, for those dock workers to go to work, you are going to have the massive labor shortage that you and your party created, Mr. Biden. In the meanwhile, people in South Louisiana suffering from Hurricane Ida are having trouble getting basic food, 
clothing, building materials, and all important fuel to run the generators that they don't have so that they can have some sort of normalcy. I've noticed a massive decline in the number of charity organizations compared to the Hurricane Katrina debacle. Perhaps it's because this hurricane didn't do damage to downtown New Orleans or the housing projects or the Section 8 neighborhoods. Perhaps it's because the bald-headed guy from that weather network wasn't down in the city of New Orleans hanging on to a pole on Bourbon Street overacting and pretending like he was in the heart of the storm. Perhaps it's because it was hard-working oil field families in South Louisiana of the Cajun persuasion and not the 13% double-A hyphenated American minority that got all of the media attention and therefore got no media attention. We heard about Katrina on the national news every single day and night, 24 hours a day, for eight months before that coverage started to wane. Three weeks after Hurricane Ida, there wasn't even a story anymore. Not even worthy of the mainstream liberal progressive left-wing media, the division of the Democrat Party that gets on TV and lies to people on a daily basis, wasn't even important enough for them to use as a diversion away from the piss-poor performance of the Gropey Joe and Camel Toe Biden administration. And when you don't have national media attention called to a major disaster like Hurricane Ida, those charity organizations don't feel mobilized. They don't feel the need to mobilize and to travel and to offer assistance. And also, you might recall, back 16 years ago during Hurricane Katrina, the American Red X, some people say it might be a cross, that group was on every single sporting event and after every single television show and newscast saying text Katrina to whatever phone number they wanted you to text to give a $10 donation. Haven't seen that. Have not seen that on the football channels, the basketball channels, baseball channels, soccer channels, the lawnmower racing channels. Haven't seen it on any of the dancing with the ass wipes or the masked American let's pretend we are singer groups or the socialists got talent shows. Never saw it. Maybe for one or two days, but not like during Katrina. And again, it's probably because Katrina directly affected the 13% hyphenated American minorities in the city of New Orleans. And this storm was west of New Orleans and affected Caucasian hard-working communities at a much greater level of disaster than those minority communities. Perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps now in the year 2021, under the gropey Joe Biden, cackling communist Camel Toe Harris administration, working class white lives just simply don't matter. If you're not gay, lesbian, bisexual, homosexual, transgender, queer, questioning, or unless you're African-American, biracial, Latino, your life just doesn't matter. And the media, which controls all of the information, 
with the assistance and direction of the Biden administration and the Democrat Party. They pick and choose what you will see. And they know that down in Bayou country, the strongest support for Donald Trump and the Republicans in South Louisiana came from those communities. And this is their way, the Democrats' way, of punishing those who supported Donald Trump. Perhaps that's what it truly boils down to. We have so polarized the United States of America into Republican versus Democrat, black versus white, dark skin versus light skin, rich versus poor, them versus us, that we have lost our collective heart and soul. I want to take you down just for a moment to New Orleans. There's a heated city council race underway, pitting a sitting incumbent Caucasian woman, Christian Palmer in District C, versus and currently some unnamed AA 13% hyphenated African-American individual, most likely former state senator J.P. Morrell. And in a commercial that was run this morning on the NBC affiliate WDSU, I happened to see this commercial, and it was the most race-baiting commercial I have ever seen in my life. Kristen Palmer has been on the city council now, I believe, for two terms, and she represents District C in New Orleans, which includes the section of New Orleans on the west bank of the Mississippi River known as Algiers, it includes the French Quarter, the section of town called the Marigny, the Treme, the St. Rock, and Bywater neighborhoods. About 70% Blafrican American are those sections of town in general. This ad was so disgusting, and I'll explain it to you in a moment, but it really, it made me wake up and realize just how divided racially the city of New Orleans and the nation has indeed become. In this ad, the first thing you see is the Hard Rock Hotel collapse that occurred two years ago yesterday. The ad says, Kristen Palmer approved the zoning variance for this hotel project, which killed three people. Then it goes to a picture of the demolition of the Woolworths department store that had sat as a blight on the city's skyline for decades. That Woolworths location was demolished in order to make way for the doomed Hard Rock Hotel project. Now, so what's so important about that would be the question. Well, they put on there a bunch of black people sitting at the lunch counter at that Woolworths protesting being told it was a whites-only lunch counter. So they immediately trigger the black folks, the older black folks, into saying, Christian Palmer has destroyed your history. This was an iconic piece of history. And you want to give her another seat on the council? The whole entire ad was race baiting 101, designed to trigger Blafrican American 13% hyphenated minority members of the city of New Orleans population. But what the ad doesn't say is, it's not okay to tear down a blighted piece of building that has sat vandalized, destroyed for decades, but it's okay for the black mayor of New Orleans to tear down statues of Civil War heroes like Robert E. Lee 
PGT Beauregard and Jefferson Davis. And it's okay to change the names of schools and streets. It's double standard. The hypocrisy in this ad was glaring. But the 13% double-A hyphenated American crowd in the city of New Orleans, the majority of the population of that festering crap hole, they will see this as a wake-up call to get rid of Kristen Palmer from the city council. Their goal to make the city council all black and to hell with the white segment of the population. They are trying to do to the white people in New Orleans what they accuse the white people of doing to them a hundred years prior. Two wrongs do not make a right, AA 13% hyphenated minority. It will take the complete and utter destruction of the city of New Orleans at your own hands and hopefully being told no by the feds every time you ask for a bailout instead of being told, sure, keep voting Democrat. But the city of New Orleans will continue to fail as a social experiment as long as racist ads like the one against Kristen Palmer continue to permeate society and appear on every television news program. It is vile. It is disgusting. It is racism at its true pinnacle. But no one else will say anything about it because they're afraid that calling out black against white racism is racism in itself. Because in the eyes of the 13% double-A hyphenated minority, my friends, the only racism that exists and the definition of racism in America can only be when whitey says something bad about the dark-skinned folk. This is the Truth Hurts program. Matt Lewis is a senior columnist at the Daily Beast, and he wrote an article that says it took Biden 48 years and three attempts to be president and eight months to F it up. Although he didn't say F. Good run of bad luck. His legislative agenda is collapsing. His foreign policy is a disaster. The border is a mess. The virus is lingering. The French are furious. The economy sucks. But other than that, in Joe Biden's mind, things are going great. After all, he's the president, right? Starting to feel like the wheels are coming off the bus for Joe Biden at the job he's been dreaming of since he first arrived at the U.S. Senate way, way back in 1973 during the horrendous Jimmy Carter administration when gasoline prices were through the roof, supply shortages were everywhere, Unemployment was high. Prices were through the roof, inflation, interest rates, supplies were very hard to find, long gasoline lines and a fake made-up energy crisis, a phony climate crisis, and a somewhat precarious position of the United States on the world stage. Fast forward to 2021, after two other failed attempts to become the president, Joe Biden is now sitting in the big leather chair at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Let's start out with his legislative agenda where progressives' most ambitious hopes rest on a $3.5 trillion so-called social policy plan that the Democrats will eventually have no choice but to try and ram through 
via the reconciliation process, which means they cannot afford to lose a single vote in the Senate. But they have Kirsten Cinema, and they have Joe Manchin, and now other senators on the Democrat side that are starting to realize their own jobs will be in jeopardy if they pass the massive tax and spend and tax again program. In a ploy to try and appease both wings of his party, the progressives and the moderates, Democrats are now pledging to pass the sweeping progressive wish list and a more modest bipartisan infrastructural bill. But right now, they still don't have those two key swing votes of cinema and mansion. And to add insult to injury, the Senate parliamentarian just told the Democrats that the immigration reform portion, including the pathway to citizenship for illegal, invading, trespassing criminal aliens, cannot be included in the $3.5 trillion tax and spend and tax again proposal. Biden's poll numbers are tanking like the Titanic, and he's just taking his afternoon milk and cookies and Adderall nap and letting the country fall apart around him. Such a shame, my friends, but we have indeed run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you on our next episode. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are free speech protected under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Mm-hmm.